Welcome to A Brief Chat, Poetry Fridays. I'm Jason Crane. Today is Friday the 24th of April, 2020. I hope you're doing well wherever you are. In this day and age of the internet, I think we probably all have people we really like that we've never met. People who aren't necessarily in our friend group, but who've just been there for years and, you know, we wish them well and we follow their adventures and that kind of thing. But we don't really, really know them. Well, today's poet is that kind of person for me, Emma Bolden. To be totally honest, I don't even know how I know she exists. I think it was because when I lived in Alabama, I had maybe a mutual friend or two in common. Something like that. It really doesn't matter. The point is that for years now, probably seven years, I have known that Emma exists, and I've been reading her work and enjoying her online presence. She's just one of those people who, by her very existence, makes the world around her brighter and funnier and smarter. And there's really no higher praise I could lavish on anyone. If you want to see Emma's uh, more formal bio that actually has something to do with her various accomplishments, please look in the show notes for this episode, where you'll also find links to see more of her work, and you absolutely should. As a matter of fact, as I'm recording this intro right now, I'm within a few feet of several of her books and also of a knit arrow that she made that's on the bookshelf right behind me. I'm so excited that Emma agreed to take part in the Poetry Friday's series, and so without further ado, here's Emma Bolden. Hi, this is Emma Bolden, and I'm going to be reading some poems for you. Um, Like many of us, I suddenly am finding myself in a situation where I'm spending more time in my house than I ever have before, or um, ever thought that I would. So this is a poem about that. House is writing a symphony. House gathers the size of the mattress you settle atop, the soprano complaint of each spring. With every rain, House cues the acorn roll of its squirrels. Listen, and you'll hear horses within House's ceiling. If you adjust the water heater, House will switch to the sad ballad of fan blades, the pizzicato tap of the ice tray. House has to express itself somehow. When the day's lights dim to a backdrop of night, House makes itself a microphone, amplifying every shudder of bedclothes, every shallow rustle. Your toss, your turn. And when the cries leave your throat like animals, hoarse and roaming, House perches on the edge of its foundations. House uses your howls as its middle sea. And the next poem that I'm going to read um, is called Plenary Absolution. It's another house poem. Um, And plenary absolution is just basically a kind of forgiveness that removes all of your suffering. Plenary Absolution. In the inexcusable distance between myself and God, I built a house. I fenced my taxes. I filed and folded. I mowed my forgiveness into a fine fringe. I walled my will to live with slips of paper. I prepaid and pre-checked. I asked God if he had ever imagined such greens, and the TV stuttered into static. It seemed easy enough, so I took it as a sign that divine silence isn't the same as indifference. 
I put a seed under my tongue and called it a garden. I knit my nothings into the lawn and called that spring. I haunted each river I passed until it stilled into mirror. I litted my eyes with pennies each night, and God said, Oh, honey, and I said, Well, finally. And when I told the night to cool it with those darks, I saw the question I had haloed above me. Are you? Are you? Are you? I saw the asking was its own answer. I saw God nod and ask it back to me. Uh, You might have caught a little bit of Southern in the end of that poem, um, and that's because I am extremely Southern, or at least was born and raised in the Deep South, and I live here now. Um, And this is a poem about my complicated relationship with the Deep South um, and how bad I am at doing what it wants me to do. Finishing school. Couldn't sugar. Couldn't sweet write. Couldn't rat comb. Couldn't tease the boys with a belt and a bra, Madonna combed. Couldn't talk lady. Couldn't coo. Couldn't bless the heart of Jesus till he bleached down to southern, blonde. That season slick and sudden. Every man was gold and greened unringed women into rot. I watched fat diamonds do the girls' fingers. Then they floated, chiffoned, sherbet, loving like their mamas, like a good pack of bones. Dogged Virginia, slim in the bottom of my pocketbook. Couldn't magnolia, moon. Couldn't sheath dress. A blossomed beneath the sick of shower and sweet each ma'am said would woman us. Couldn't honey the tongue. Couldn't sponge with syrup the acid of a sentence held up for the Savior to sip on. Crossed them train trackers, sweat in the skirts. I hung around till babies borrowed their bodies, blued. They hung by their tools, a ring of bad roses throwing flat notes into a dumpster. Sixteen satined, twenty-one a glove. No matter the norths or souths, I prayed. No fine boy picked my back for his bullet, but I wasn't a lady in waiting. For what? Beer breath, buckshot, pissed vinegar, chained the table on which I offered my wants to the chair. Cornmealed, I toughed grits, growled moonshine, cataloged the ladies like a Sears, bought myself a little square of green and squatted, toothed and rifled, rocked the porch till every nail shook loose. I never walked their plank. I'm recording these poems on Earth Day, so um, I wanted to read um, an eco-poem. Transverberation. If lit, if lulled by a great greening, if lolling the river tongues the lip of the earth, if we can still see the earth as our grave and love the others who'll walk it when we've ground gone, stepping with each step into our last, all those unrooted beauties the brain terrors into loss, let loose the hold night. Shatter the larder stacked high, plums preserved like jewels stuck in the cheeks of a cave mouthed into being by man and machine. Low-fired, red-slung, above is the belly of the other we call God, 
both full and empty, with always and all those centuries smoke braceleted our wrists, while we planted our wishes and called them seeds. We called it work. We called it prayer. We called it every noun we invented to fit over the absence that God is, the blank line on which we all write our names. I'm about to do something now that I very rarely do, which is read a poem that I literally just typed up because it's been living in notes on my iPhone. Um, but I figure now is as good of a time to dare as any. So here it goes. It's rough, y'all. To silence. What beauty am I meant to find in you? What bliss held still beneath your brute of a tongue? A poet says only in silence can a poet truth their meaning, and I think then I am not a poet. I am instead the poet's dog, woofing air, translating breath into utter ecstasy over a sandwich's wet remains. Let me loud. Let me admit the night that unsettles me. Let me confess seeing in its zeroed center the center of a self who does not speak back. Let me, like the insect, insist upon my own being inside the wide being that is night. Let me be a body still wild with a wail that announced its presence to centuries of its absence. And when I slip sold from the center of my body, let it echo. Let what is left of what I was rise as one chord. Let it become a thrum. Let it loose into the place where I once was not where I am not again. Um, and the last poem that I'm going to read is called Terror Management Theory. Um, it's, it's basically an idea in psychology that um, everything is based upon our, our fear of death, um, which is real light, real light subject matter. Um, and I probably just described that terribly, so um, forgive me. But. Terror Management Theory. To think when I was a child, all of my adults walked into and out of doors like I do now, fearing death and taxes, tasting the bitter tongue of some ending I'll be forced to kiss. When I was a child on beach vacations, I counted the number of days we'd already been there and the number of days we had left, and it scared me in the same way the sea scared me. All of that, unfathomable, an endlessness both empty and full. When I hold a shell to my ear, it tells me its best rumors in a language inexplicable except to say it does not belong to me. What does belong to me? Can I try hard enough to believe I am living with this body like a very good pet? Can I believe that if I care for it well, this body will follow my will, quiet, quiet, will heal and heal and stay, stay, stay? As a child, I kept a glass tank full of goldfish who swam and shat and worked their best at their job, which was dying. Later, my mother explained the aquarium is the place where children gently learn about death, no matter how many or much we love. No matter the treasure chest, no matter the castle, no matter how neon the gravel, no matter how many Saturdays my father cussed the glass and the hosepipe and the sun that pink stained his skin to mark each hour he spent cleaning the tank. Sun, translated as burn, as bad mole, as cells making their own decisions. To die, to share their dying. 
Every moment we believe we are living without believing we are also dying is a very good lie, like alchemy, like any theory regarding the beautiful preservation of gold. The first, second, third, and every time I looked into the fish tank and saw death, bloated sacks of scaled skin, rot-gunned, reeking, I couldn't get over it. I couldn't stop hearing what the shell told me, which was all that I would never understand. A life is always both empty and full. My sincere thanks to Emma Bolden, whose work you should absolutely get to know. You can look in the show notes of this episode and find links to follow her everywhere she does things. If you are interested in participating in the Poetry Fridays series, drop me a line, jason at abriefchat.com. If you're someone I already know, cool. And if you're someone I might not know, perhaps you could send me a poem or two as well. You can find all the previous episodes of this show, most of which are not about poetry, but some of which are, at abriefchat.com, where you can also choose to become a member. I know there are a billion podcasts and lots of claims on your time and money, so I'm happy that you're here. I love you. A better world is possible. (laughs) 